So what I noticed, even in the space, when I had a camera in front of me, I was invisible. Mm. But when I stepped in front of the camera, now you saw my gift. Mm. This is crazy. Like, it's literally even people I'm in business with and dealings with, it's like, yo, you dope. I was like, yeah, I met you eight times before. Mm. Eight times. Before we get into this episode, I know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is going to transform lives. So I have a bomb resource for you. The man himself, Words Taylor, is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now. Now you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day and Words knows exactly how to do that. All you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over $5 million in client sales. So all you have to do is go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com. That's HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode. Nah, 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 nah. Welcome to a special edition, obviously, of the Working Play Podcast. We have a special guest today, Mister. Can I? Can I do it? Jose. No wait. Black man with a Spanish name loves long beaches, long walks on the beach. Long walks on the beach. Um, yeah. Cupid is his first name. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Going out and staying in. <laughs> you know, you know, I would, but I, I'm not your, I'm not Chris, Christy. I'm but Aries. Yes. You know what I'm saying? April baby. I'm not gonna mess up your intro. What oh, I'm gonna say is, I, this man has really um, changed my perception on how I show up, my presence. I've been really big on professional brand for yep. a long time, but coming in as an entrepreneur and thinking about my brand holistically, you mm-hmm. definitely leveled that up. I like my that. like theoretically, literally, you know, like the content, all that. So. So mm-hmm. without further ado, that's that's how I know this man. But I would love for y'all to get to know him. Yourselves. Look, I'm I'm big on saying, hey, I'm Jose. But the biggest thing, I don't like to talk about the resume. And the main reason I don't like to talk about the resume is because if I have never added any value to your life, it don't mean anything. Right. It's almost like if we I'm in a relationship and then you talk about your old work. I don't want to hear about that. Yet at the same time, if I'm bringing value to the new space. Then you're like, okay, I rock with them. So they'll find out about me as we go through the conversation. Absolutely. So let's start with the value that you brought to my life. Yep. I will say um, the first thing I've, I've probably, well, of course it was a morning meetup, but I got, you got a chance to come into one of our um, coaching sessions and you taught on Canva. Yep. And it, it was the way you taught on Canva that you cannot find on YouTube University. <laughs> right, right, It was right. basically like before I took a, took a class with you, I was really struggling on finding my creativity. Yep, yep. Um, I'm a data analyst by, by trade. So okay. I'm like, I'm not really creative. Mm-hmm. But when you teach Canva, you teach it from a perspective of like how you can play with things so yep. you can be more creative. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. let's start there. Yeah. How did you learn how to teach something so basic in mm-hmm. a very fundamental theoretical way? The biggest thing is um, I've always been a creative. I've always looked at art. I was one of those ones who was always drawn. I wanted to be a comic book artist. Mm. And what happened was it was this thing that came out. It was called Photoshop. Photoshop didn't agree with me too much. It was it was too convoluted. It was my brain did not work to that point where it was like uh, the way the structure was. And I was like, all right, cool. So I had started out with different types of web um there was like a lot of web creative uh, pro- programs or what have you. Mm-hmm. One of them I want to say was like Pick Play, and another one was GIMP, which was like a fake uh, Photoshop. And then when Canva came, I was like, bad. 
And so my whole thing was, okay, how could I take what I see and recreate that thing over here but without doing it in Photoshop? Mm. So that's when I started learning Canva. And I was trying different things out. And again, my mom would say, this is what I wanted to create. And then I was like, all right, let's try to take this thing to the limitations. The crazy part is um, even through that process, I would send up through like, you know, have they have like suggestions. So I would send up different suggestions and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I would see it unfold within like three to six months. I don't know if it was me. <laughs> I'm gonna take the credit, but I'm gonna say it. What do you mean? Like you, they, it would send you suggestions and you would put it in and you would see it unfold. What does that mean? So what happens is they <laughs> wouldn't send suggestions, I would. So they'll be like, how do you like it going on? Like you can go oh, into the help and like, you want to say something. You were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically I was part of their team, but gotcha. not getting paid for it. Like gotcha. the last thing that they need, I'm telling you, Canva, I promise you, Jose said it right here on the Work and Play podcast. Y'all need layers. If y'all able to get layers in there, you shutting the game all y'all already doing good. We shutting the game all the way down if you got layers in there. Listen, and I think I know what you mean, because now that I've done so many of my um, my flyers and things like that, you're just talking about like the the layers, like because we have to recreate layers. layers. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember your class when you were talking about showing how you like look like the arm is here and the mm-hmm. words are there. You yep. mean layers like that. Yeah, we since create... you got different things that are on different types of levels on the image, yeah. and what happens is you have layers in Photoshop, you have layers in Canva, but at the same time, if you had them on the side, it was like, okay, this one is the picture of Aria. This one is the picture of her fonts. This one is the graphic. This one is maybe just the logo. This one is that. And if you can actually manipulate and just click to go to each layer, oh, it's shutting the game yeah, down. Yeah, it's a little bit. I just gave them a billion dollars, literally. That's lit. Because <laughs> right now, playing with that sin backwards and you not you don't know which layer yeah, it actually it is. is. Listen, we're talking a little bit technical, <laughs> but I promise you, I didn't know any of this before yep. I actually met Jose. There it is. So one of the things that just about you that I heard is like you liked Canva because it allowed you to be free in like your creative. You said Photoshop was a little bit more structured. Yeah, it was too much structure. I couldn't understand where to put where it just make no sense. Canva was easy. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing, a lot of times I'm going to try to figure out the easiest way to do it. And but at the same time, get the same results. Yeah, that's in anything that I do. I'm going to figure out what is the easiest way to do it, but get those same results. Like, let's look at this. This set that you got right here. We was like, OK, cool. We got it. Like, it looks like a million dollar set. Facts. Eh, it's about a, you know, a couple thousand, you know, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, we put that same time in. Yeah. And what happens is when you get those same results on the back end, nobody would know. Yeah. You know, so you're in the so trenches. So let's tap into a little bit of your cre- creativity because mm-hmm. you said you like to take things that you see yep. and put and create it in Canva. But that is holistic to mm-hmm. who you are, kind of, because I've yep. seen you go and navigate through different like mediums, yep. and different industries. Yep. And when you were younger, you said you wanted to be a, a cartoon artist. So well, like, here's the crazy part. I wanted to do everything. I'm talking about magician. Yeah. I wanted to be a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be... Um, of course, in music, um, I wanted to be a producer, uh, and like so a rapper, singer, a writer, um, author. It was just so much that I want to be. And the main reason I always say is that everything that I touched, I did it at a B plus average or better. Everything. Right. And so I thought that I can do everything at a B plus average. I called it the Michael Jordan syndrome. Mm. I was like, 
who was the best scorer of all time? It wasn't Michael Jordan, it was like Will Chamberlain, whatever you Google it, depending on the time you watch it. This who was the best three-pointer. Now Steph is the best three-pointer. Who was the best with assist? And who was the best as far as rebound? You might say Rodman or some other person. Who was the best this or that? Yet at the same time, who was considered the GOAT? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. right? So in my thought process, I was like, well, I do everything at a B-plus average like Michael Jordan. I could do it. But one thing I noticed that when Mike went to football or if he went to baseball, he wasn't Michael Jordan. If he went bowling, he wouldn't be Michael Jordan. When he did golf, he wasn't Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So one thing I found out is that everything that he was the when he they considered him the GOAT was yeah. all in basketball. Mm. I was like, <laughs> OK, so let me cut off some of these things that I'm gifted at. Let me cut off some of these things that I do at a B plus. A minus average. And I was like, okay, let me focus on in this zone of genius. And this is what I teach about Brandon also. Because as humans, we are multifaceted. Yeah. Right? As humans, we can like multiple things. We talked about it earlier. I watch them cooking lobster on, on YouTube all the way to them in space, yeah. you know, and how many, what are the, the sizes of black holes and things of that nature all the way to, okay, I'm looking at some trucking things and then all the way to some branded stuff and course things. So I'm multifaceted. And music. Right. And music, mm -hmm. you know, multifaceted. Yet at the same time as a brand, our brains don't compartmentalize that. If I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I might think of the new Gail or the new Oprah or the podcast queen. I might think of you as the best interviewer. I might think of you if I see you on the fitness side. Like my brain is going to automatically it's word association. Yeah. So if I say hot, some people say cold. Some people might say dog. Some people might say summertime. What is that first thing that that's what a brand is? That's why I think I think you do it so well, mm. because featuring Jose it really does. Like I asked you before we even started, I was like, does that pay homage to like your old life? Because when yeah. you say you were interested in all these things, yeah. you guys have to understand that not only were you interested in all these things, you lived in all oh, of these different it. lanes. I did. And that's why I'm really excited to talk to you on the podcast yeah. because we're talking about like life transitions, career yeah. transitions. Yes, yes, but yes. when you look at featuring Jose, I mm -hmm. think that what you represent, you wouldn't be surprised to see you in the music lane. You wouldn't be surprised right. to see you, you know what I mean? Like in the branding lane, you wouldn't, mm -hmm. cause I don't know. I think featuring Jose, now it gives, it pays back to like you being on features, right? Mm -hmm. But then black man with a Spanish name also gives that, that levity. <laughs> like it's yes. just, I don't know. I think that you do a really good job of bringing all of those pieces to where you are now. Yeah. But I really want to tap into the fact that you've lived several lives. Definitely have lived several lives. Um, it's crazy that like we talk about the feature in Jose. I was in the music industry. I was um, had a situation with Sony signed. Um, and then I was like, you know, doing tours with Genuine on, mm -hmm. on three of his albums. And one of the things I love, the passion of creating music. Like, remember I said, I'm going to do it in a way where it's going to be easy, where it could feel like a million dollars. I was recording a lot of stuff. Even matter of fact, the... One of them we did in the studio. Another one I did with, with Trina that we listened to earlier. Mm -hmm. I did that on my laptop with a hundred dollar mic. Really? In GarageBand. Yet again, it feels like this big production mm -hmm. because you put the time in and where did that come from? Me spending hours back on my old Windows PC taking uh, Puff Daddy's No Way Out album and actually working with it with the waves and listening to it in my headphones. So it's like all these different skill sets have brought forth into where it's like, okay, now we're going to execute. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And then again, back to the feature of Jose, it was just like, all right, you know what? My name was Jose Cinquentes. People say, where does Cinquentes come from? It's like, I made it up. I was in the shower one day and I was just like, <laughs> 
I'll be freestyling like said quit test. And I never had I, what I say. I never had the courage. It never. Had, I never had the inkling to ask you that. Oh, but intuitively, <laughs> I'm like Quintez. I've never heard. Like, what does it even mean? I was like, I don't know. But then I had some people who was like, well, it means this. It means a hundred plus. Or that, and I was like. I made it up. But it, yeah, because I've never heard anyone with that last <laughs> right, name. Oh, right, right. But so you said all these skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you you talk, you touched on the music industry. Let's go all the way back, okay. right? Okay. You said you wanted to be in, in comic books. Yep. But I'm curious, as a child, mm-hmm. which was the first skill set that you learned you had or that your family or music. someone was like... It was the music one. Okay, so when you're growing up and they're like, oh, my baby's going to be a singer. Yeah, my dad, it was amusing. My mom sang. Um, All of my uncles, they were in the bands together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was always going to be music. Like, always, I played the sax, drums. I played the piano. My dad played the guitar. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was always going to be music. So in your family, what um, what was the idea of success? Was it to do music? full-time or do it part-time and then have like a job what was your idea the idea of success to be honest with you and this is something that i'm even still working with or recognizing was peace Hmm. it wasn't like oh we're going to do for the million dollars or the six figures they just wanted us happy you know what i'm saying they wanted us safe like it wasn't like it was like do what you wanted to do but it wasn't like yo we were after a specific goal other than peace, other than even in church, like we were making sure that it was definitely grounded. I use my dad as a perfect example. He had the probably the perfect embodiment of a Christian walk that I've ever seen. Never seen him cuss. He didn't drink like he didn't get loud or anything like that. He just did his music. He stayed to himself. And, you know, he was just loving to the people. And I seen that. I was like, OK, cool. Played in the band played with his brothers, created albums and things of that nature. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm. And so our whole family, though, was like, okay, you're going to be in the music space. Yeah. You know, whether it's piano lessons, playing by ear, learning by ear. It was just like we were going to be in the music space. And then I came across um, <laughs> my first album. I think it was an L Cool J joint that I had bought. Um, and it was, I think it was called Six Minutes of Funk. I don't know. Y'all gonna be like, all right, Jose, you need to Google it. It was Six Minutes of Funk or something like that. But the reason why I bought it though, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a great price. And it was, and I thought it said 60 minutes. So, six minutes. I, so it was, but I think it was like six minutes. I don't want to Google this right now, but it was literally, I'm thinking to myself, 60 minutes, and it was like $4. And I was like, oh, I'm buying this 60 minutes for four dollars. I'm buying it. I was a little kid. So I bought it. And I was like, oh, this thing only six minutes. I look at the thing. I was like, oh. But anywho, it was LL. And then I found, um, I was listening to like Rakim and then Nas. Nas was the one who changed my life in regards to this music thing. Mm. And that's when I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because I heard his voice. I heard like the cadence. It was just like amazing to my ear to the point where um, I would take down his lyrics, right? Because I was good, but I was like, no, nah, I need to get to this level. I would write down all of his lyrics, mm-hmm. and every time that he would stop at, at the stanza or we stop at the rhyme word, I was like, okay, that's the next one, and I would look at the structure. Then I would fit my own words in there, so I would literally copy the framework, mm. then make it my own. So I would copy that framework, write it down, then I was like, I'm going to fit my own words in there, practice, 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 and then I started to say, okay, boom, this is my own. Right. And the crazy part, this is how I do with 
virtually anything. But Nas is the best only because I named my son after him. His daughter was named Destiny. I named my daughter Destiny. Really? Like, yeah, he was still is as far as like the GOAT for me. Facts. And yeah. now you're the GOAT. So, definitely am. <laughs> and the, 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 I don't want people to miss that. And it's really actually, it's simple. You simplify things in like the way that we process and we can come into our own brand. Right. But you said you found his his style. Yep. You created a template from his style. Yep. You inserted yourself and then eventually mm. you had your own style. So yep. when did you find your voice? And then what was that voice? Um, I found my voice. Well, I'm still finding it, to be honest with you. Mm. But as far as those initial sparks, I'm going to be right. honest. As we went through, as I went through this process of finding myself, I really didn't find my voice to like 11th grade. Mm. And the main reason that is because my parents, again, remember, there was no real like goal of success. It was just peace. And we were kind of sheltered, but not to the point where it was really restrictive. She taught us to be gentlemen, taught us to be respectful of our elders. Right. And so I was sheltered. So when I went to school, I was considered a uh, Maybe a nerd or a geek or anything like that. Let's call it that. But I, I think those are cool. But whatever that thing is, you yeah. feel like, you know, you're not um, in society all the way. That's what I was. Yeah. You say you think that's cool. I think that some nerds, like even Urkel and things like that, they, they're they not necessarily not cool. Right. I feel like there are there are lame characteristics. Right. But just mm -hmm. because you're a nerd doesn't necessarily make you right. lame. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I definitely had lame characteristics. I never forget. Okay. In ninth grade, I had some famous footwear Nikes. Again, nothing wrong with famous footwear Nikes. Definitely famous footwear or Nike want to cut a check for the Work and Play podcast. We are here. There you go. But they were all white. I had on some Stonewall shorts, you know. Um, I had on some white socks and I had a Chaps polo. Shout out to Chaps polo, Ralph Lauren Chaps. It was black, but it was a little ashy because I had washed it too many times, right? Ninth grade, nobody was messing with me. I worked my way through the ranks came summertime of sophomore into junior year. Mm -hmm. ooh, ooh. That's when I found it. And then here's the crazy part, though. Yeah, you're getting some good stuff right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm lo I love to be vulnerable and self-aware. My brother came in. He's roughly two years younger than me. He came in as a freshman, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in 11th grade, and they were like, oh, and my government name is Joseph. They was like, oh, that's Joe, brother. So he didn't have to work through the ranks. Uh, I work through the ranks and I think I have a, a high level of resentment even to this day for that because it's easier for him. Oh, so yeah. much easier for him. Dang. Like literally he just came in and got the ride off my coattails like, oh, that's Joe, brother. But that's yeah, the no. beauty of being an older brother, though. Yeah, no. And so here's the thing, because like you said, you found your voice at 11, at 11th grade. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting here like that's early for you to like have the first spark. Right. And then also for you to be an older brother and then also like have an impact on his life. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you were still a touch. <laughs> touch you. You're I like, can hey. feel it. I can feel it. Listen, that was hard for me. We yeah. love you. We love you. Hey. <laughs> it, but but your the voice that you found, mm -hmm. what were what was on your mind? Because for you to say like you resented kind of like you know, having your younger brother come through, mm -hmm. it, does, it doesn't necessarily sound like you took pride in that older brother image. Oh, yeah. No, I actually and I'm still working through this right now. I'm big on um, as far as your mental wealth. Mm -hmm. I'm big on self-awareness, understanding who you are. Right. And see, these are things that I'm even that why we're talking about. I'm working through right now yeah. because I always felt like I was the only child. And I had two older, older sisters um, with from my dad. And then I had a younger brother, which we had the same mom and dad. But mm -hmm. I felt like an only child. Really? Like I didn't. But even when I was growing up, 
I didn't like really play with toys and stuff. I would watch like the video music box or the jukebox network, hmm. watch MTV and things of that nature. Didn't really play with toys and stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like I was in a space, but at the same time, it really felt like I was alone. Got you. Right. And that's why I say now I had blossomed. By the 11th grade, I was getting attention and they was like, oh, he's cool. Or he the rapper. I ain't playing no sports or nothing. I was just the cool dude. That's cool. But I was cool with everybody on both sides. Like you said, if they were that ones who were shunned by society Mm -hmm. all the way to the cool, I just would be able to move in all sides of the room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just became that. That's dope. Well, (laughs) it's safe to say if if I were sitting with your brother, he could possibly say that you were a bit of a guide or a bit. You cleared the path a bit. I would say so. But but for you, because you felt like you grew up and you were more like you embodied more of an only child. Mm -hmm. 11th grade is at the point where we start thinking about like what we want to do like at least somebody's asking you going to college so for you you know if you were kind of a mentor you Mm -hmm. know from that perspective who was guiding or what did you who was guiding you and then what was that thing that you thought you were going to do when you graduated from high school that's the crazy part even as i look back i didn't really have no guidance Mm. it was almost like we're going to try we're going to fail yeah but at the same time i still wasn't like jumping out the window. Okay. I wasn't like, like even this, this life that I live now, like I'm big on the thing that I see that is uncomfortable. I jump into it immediately, like head first. Well, not really head first, but full body. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think of it like a pool. You know what I'm saying? You know how, you know how, look, here's, here we go real quick. Y'all know how y'all get into a pool. You try to stick your baby toe mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. right? You're like, you jump okay. in both feet. Right. And so it, it go up to the leg, yeah. right? And then it go to the thigh. And fellas, you know when it hit the other stuff. And then it hit the back. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah. jump in. And then by the time you get in, you feel comfortable. Yeah. When you could have got all of that done in one second. Yeah, yeah. So now that's how I actually do life. But back then, oh, I was just this neutral, cool cat that it was just going with the flow to the point where even when I left, I did two years of college and I did this. It was a spot called Computer Learning Center. We was learning how to do like uh, HTML and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And that failed. Again, I was just trying stuff because people said, yo, you should try it. Yeah, yeah. But still at the same time, I knew it wasn't really... For me, yeah, I thought I was going to be doing the music and going on the road, being this big name and things of that nature. And but I didn't really have guidance, per se. Facts. This is like, all right, cool. I see it. I saw it in a magazine. Uh, I heard this. I could try it. And here's the thing, because everything started, everything that I wanted to try came easy to me. Mm-hmm. It was easy to get into the different, you know, the phases. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, so that didn't really help in the in this. If maybe if it was harder, and I had a little bit more of a struggle, it probably would have made more sense to me. And it's like, okay, you know what? Now we got some guidance. But it was like, if I wanted to, like, yo, we about to go down to bobsled. You want bobsled with us? I was like, ah, right, you know what? I'm about to learn how to do it. again. And I would have been good at it or above average in it. And so I was just one of those ones. And I think that I wasted time 
because of the level of talent and anything I jumped in. Yeah, I was thinking about that yeah. because mm-hmm. typically, like you say, when life tells you no, you're like, right. okay, well, I'll pivot. And I think right. that I resonate with that because there are times when I've just been down a path mm-hmm. because I just, hey, I'm good at it. And yep. then once life said you're not good at it, right. I'm like, okay, right. well, I guess I got to choose. But because you can go on and on and on and on mm-hmm. without any no's, yep. how did you decide, okay, I'm good. I'm going to do something else. That's the thing. If it, it had to be at least burnout, because mm. I didn't stop whatever I was doing, it just had to be burnout. And I was just like, All right, I'm going to find what it is. And here's the thing about it, too. I think that I would keep trying different things because I didn't have like a strong hustle. Mm-hmm. Everything was handed to me. So even E.T. says it a lot. Like the person who has more talent, I mean, the more hustle, or more grind is going to beat the one who has talent every day. Mm-hmm. Well, I had talent and everything was just like given to me. So I didn't really have to work. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, it's like, okay, well, I already know I'm going to be taken care of. Oh, I know this is going to happen. Oh, I know this is going to... Like, even the whole, the whole thing with the music, like, it was kind of easy to get in and almost have this deal and this thing and get on tour. It was easy because mm. I said I wanted to do it. And that's a lot of people's dreams. Right. And I was just like, all right, cool. You know, long story less long. Yeah, yeah. At the end, I was just like, all right, I'm good. I'm done. You know? Mm. But... it. I think, and again, this is good. This is revelation because, again, I need to talk to the therapist about it. It's like, Facts, yeah. because so much of it was handed to me on a platter mm-hmm. and because after I, after um, me trying it and I was so good at just multiple different things and multifaceted, I think that was a hindrance for me. I feel you. Yeah. Speaking about um, self-awareness, I, t- I tend to like, I struggle with, so I mm-hmm. I'm resonate with you. I, so the reason I say that is because I, I will often liken myself to um, a frog in like boiling water and I will jump in, mm-hmm. right? And I know that it's getting hot up in here, but mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good. And I, I will say I'm blessed to mm-hmm. have the intuition to jump out before it because a frog right. will die, right. you know, not realizing that the temperature's going up. Yep. I realize the temperature's going up, but I'm like, Okay, now it's time for me to get it. Speaking of self awareness, mm-hmm. I think that burnout teaches us about our life, especially when we don't have guidance. Right? Would right. you mind going into like one of? Because I'm assuming you you hit burnout in the music industry, mm-hmm. you hit burnout in creativity, you yep. hit burnout in you said HTML. We definitely gotta get it. <laughs> That's the furthest thing from the creative. Right, stuff. right, right. So if any, if any one of those lanes, would you mind sharing a story? Like, what was it like for you to experience that burnout? And would you characterize it like that frog sitting in a you know boiling water? Um, I think in regards to burnout, the only one I could really, really feel was in college. Um, and the main reason. And I wouldn't even say it was full on burnout. It was a combination of burnout and then me looking at the world. So I use as a perfect example. I went for a business administration and I was in school and I would ask the professor, you know, because I was already doing the work and it was these books. And I was just like, we're not doing business. We're learning about business. Mm. And then one day I remember I asked the professor, I was like, do you have a business? He was like, nah. So have you had a business? He was like, nah. I was like, ever since then, I shut down. Mm. So I was like, why am I reading these books and why am I in this space when I'm like, OK, I need to be out there. And that was one of those ones where I was like, OK, yeah, college is not for me. That's when I, I left. That was the the biggest thing in regards to that. If I would think about the burnout, because we're taking classes and the crazy part, I don't even remember as far as the classes, the teachers, what I learned. 
um, anything. It's almost like, you know how you would have like a, 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 a negative situation in your life and, you, and what they say, repress mm-hmm. memories and things. And it's almost like that to, to a point where it's kind of foggy. And I did it for two years. I was going to ask you about it. So, well, then the question you can tell me if you remember or not, because I do know what you mean by repressing mm. memories, because I'm thinking about when that and because um, when we're when we are in those experiences and you valid, valid, you mm-hmm. have the thoughts like I'm not learning what I want to mm-hmm. learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And your attention starts to shift. Life is still happening, right? right. So your right. grades might have been affected. Right. Your relationships in school might have mm-hmm. been affected. Yep. And that's the part that I'm really curious about. What was happening? But see, that's the crazy part. My grades was always good. So mm. I use it as a perfect example. Remember I said everything was handed that's to me? That's crazy. Yeah, you ain't, it's not like you have no, no uh, indicators, no like... Look, I promise you, it was... It was... Life was just so easy and neutral, let's say that. Mm. That I didn't really feel pain or struggle until I turned 21 when I had my son, right? So even before then, let's say he was in high school, I didn't take, I took myself. I'm talking about not a pen, not a paper, not a book, not a book bag, nothing, because I knew it was going to be provided for me. I still graduated with a 3.83. Everything was provided. No, no, no. This is high school. And in college, I was still in the threes. Um, like a 3.2 as far as in, in college, gotcha. but it was still like, it was, again, it came easy to me, like mm-hmm. taking the test and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Cause I was, I felt like I was always thinking beyond, I mean, for real, for real, if I had applied myself for real, easy in the full point of those type yeah, yeah. But I promise you, even like I said, in school, I knew everything was going to be provided for me. I was like, I'm going to look at her book. You know what I'm saying? She's going to provide me with a pencil, give me a piece of paper, something, this, that, and third. Matter of fact, when I finish taking my notes, I need you to bring this to me tomorrow. So she'll put it in there. Again, it was just using the brand. Yeah. Right? Using the brand of who I was mm. to be able to get what I wanted and what I needed. Let's and that's the crazy part. I never thought about that until right now. <laughs> I love when that happens. <laughs> I love when that happens. Okay. I was literally going there though. Because yeah, yeah. you said that your brand was was like keeping you through. Mm-hmm. What now that you look back at it, mm-hmm. right? What was the brand that carried you through these situations? So my brand was always gonna be somebody who was always gonna add value. And this is a I guess a gift and a curse, a good and a bad that you look at it is. Every person I came in contact with, I made them feel like they were the most important person on earth. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So, now this could be male, female, what have you. It just so happens that, you know, I'm heterosexual, so it would come off maybe even more with young ladies. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, there was a high level of... Um, The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode relationships, non-relationships, situationships, and things of that nature. Not to say I was out here being promiscuous, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, entertained. And I found out 
because of certain stuff that happened when I was a kid mm-hmm. that I had a codependency also for women. Yeah. So this was feeding the codependency, mm-hmm. feeding as far as the ego. It was already a gift. It was innate. It was natural. Boom. But that same thing, like I said, it don't matter who you were. If you were in front of me, I made you feel like you were the most important. I took that when I went into sales. I was always number one as far as in sales within, like even, even if, if in Verizon, it was like top five in the country. We're talking about 25,000 wow. people. I was like every month top five. Again, not trying. <sighs> Just being annoyed. If I went hard, yeah. but again, it's the same thing because even in the sales space, every person in front of me, I made them feel like they were the most important person to me at that moment. Yeah. But backlash could come from, you know, definitely in relationships like, I like this feeling. Yeah. If you take away this feeling from me, there's going to be a problem. And I ran through that a lot of times. I was, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. So the brand yep. that you were aware of mm-hmm. slightly was yep. the fact that you can make people feel like special. Yes. And that is what carries you through a lot of situations like navigating relationships. Did it also mm-hmm. show up with like professors and like business relationships Afterwards, I know customers definitely love to feel special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you got to think um, at the time, too, I started, I was in and out as far as the music industry. I was working jobs. Mm-hmm. I had worked at Circus City, for those who remember Circus City, where um, we the, it was 100% commission. Mm-hmm. So your mouth, <laughs> your mouth was, or who you are was your check. So, again, I was still... It was amazing. Right. Yeah. And then they let us go because we were making too much money. Again, that was another thing. Um, and then but in regards to business, because the only business I had was nine to five business. Right. So managers, again, they love me. And because of who I was again, yeah, I would be afforded different luxuries. Like I could take a two hour lunch. But other people who wanted to do the same thing was like, well, Jose doing it. They would get rolled up. Well, this, that, and th- again, they was always looking at I would. If you gave me a line, I might not have crossed it, but I'm going to lean over it. But because of who I was and what I brought to an organization or what I brought into individuals, oh, they allowed it to, to slide. Mm. I was kidding. Did that, did that create any like, you know, uh, side eyes for you? Like, you know, any like haters on the outside looking in? Like, why is that easy? Why, why is he? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the simple answer. There, most of them came from dudes. I call them non-sexual crushes, mm. right? And so what happens is we're going into a holy. We ain't talking about branding courses or nothing. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. So what happens is they would have these non-sexual crushes, and they would start out like, "Jose, yo, you the man. I see how they love you. Da 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 da. What a whoop, what a whoop, what a whoop, what a whoop." Yet I know every time that they would do that. Because it happened multiple times and sometimes in high school, too, but it would happen multiple times. And then if it was, let's say if it was a young lady, this was one of the easiest ways. They were like, OK, I'm gonna mess with her because, again, Jose had her. Jose was with her. Yeah. Or let me try to be him. And then I'm going to talk, you know, we, we call it um, we call it uh, dirty macking on the back end. Or I'm going to try to talk to Mac. And again, you couldn't knock, though, the brand. So every time you would try. Yeah. It would kind of like smack you back in the face mm. because, again, I was being consistent in who I was. And I honestly and earnestly wanted everybody to win, mm. even the ones who hated me. I ask you all these questions. <laughs> and I, know, I know it feels like we going all the way out. <laughs> oh, but, no, it's but good. here's the thing. Uh, it, it, you're, like, what I realized brought me success in mm-hmm. corporate 
was had nothing to do with my job actually. Right, right. I, it was very much my personality, yes, and it was yes. very much my awareness of how I make people feel. Yep. Right. So hearing how this breaks down and how you develop this persona yep. and under. Being, just being aware of how you make people feel, mm-hmm. that really is the cornerstone that a lot yep. of people don't have at least that self-awareness. Yes, and it yes. really does matter when you're trying to like navigate your career. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. people are the influence of your career. So that's the reason why it's so important. And I'm just really, really curious. Every time I think about a, um, a career, like a specific career-oriented uh-huh. question, I'm like, oh, yeah, but there's that. But mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. to like your decisions, right? Because it sounds like at this point you are making your own decisions. You're trying things without barriers or boundaries. Because you got to think about it. Any barrier, boundary, or rule is set by people. Yeah. And if somebody who's the gatekeeper of it, all you got to do is break down that gatekeeper. Like, okay, cool. We gained some rapport. Now I can go through anything. Yeah. Anything and everything. Yeah. Like. Well, while while we while we talk about that. What is leading your your um, career moves really still it, at the at the underlying of mm-hmm. it is your decisions. Right. So the first value that we talk about is peace, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll, yeah. we have to understand like a little bit of how that shows up in your decision making. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned like you that little stint in like it sounds like computer science, right? Computer science, business administration. Um, it was always around business, but what happened is my my cousin's husband was doing it mm-hmm. and he was making good money. I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna That's try. where I wanted to go. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. while you're this very like self-aware person, right. creative, right. there's this, there's this detour that we take yeah. in this stability area, this yeah. money making area, yeah. like this uh, traditional way that it takes to make good money. Right. That's where you go into corporate. Right. So like if no one else was like influencing your decisions, mm-hmm. why did you go to work for a corporation when you you could really have done anything? That was that was the gist because again I saw my cousin he was like yeah you know I'm doing this then the third and I was like all right well I could do it I was good at it but then at the same time again I'm looking at the numbers and I'm looking at the codes and stuff and I was like yeah nah this ain't gonna work what do you mean like when I went to because we went to school for the the computer science thing gosh you're yeah, looking, that was you're looking the, at the actual code yeah I'm looking at the <laughs> the actual code, the code you know say HTML code and the way that the yeah even I look at it now I'll be like this is yeah because you know you could see the back end of a website or something like that and mm-hmm. I've seen it just brings back those memories and I was like yeah this is not going to work for me there was no there was no creativity in it remember I was saying I'm gonna figure out the easiest way to do it I'm gonna yeah. think smarter not harder. Right. So I'm always my mind is always thinking of how could we do this to the same result, but easier. I got you. You know, so that was the biggest thing. And, and I think if we were talking about like the, the nine to five space, that's why I had 17 years in retail, because I controlled the check. I controlled my time. I controlled the experience. Mm-hmm. I was doing face to face, hand to hand. And it didn't get into the later years where I went to management, where I was released from customers per se. But then now my employees were my customers. And then to the point where I was able to in Verizon to show like I was always given like, again, how can we make this better? And then they would implement stuff three to six months later with legal. And then they created a job for me. What was the job? It was called a senior analyst of ops. This was just some name they had to put up. Senior analyst of ops. Yeah. So you were operations guy. No. <laughs> you just, they just created the dog. Program. I was literally head of engagement mm-hmm. within our area, within the higher management, 
the the employees and the customers. So basically, I helped create and implement our own internal social media. I will run little games and stuff like that we have in regards to that engagement. One of the things I talk about on multiple podcasts, if you ever still see now on IG where it says VZW in their name, hmm. one of the things that I implemented was we were trying to give somebody, like if you're a customer, you was like, you know what? Jose is my guy. He's my internal guy. I got an end guy at Verizon. And you would share... um like information about Jose, or you can see what's going on in the store. So we would have them change their personal one to VZW or create a brand new one. Mm-hmm. And some of them still do it now to this day, but here's the thing, I didn't get the credit. My, my, my director had got the credit. It's cool. I implemented it. I had so many different things that I implemented in regards to, again, it goes back to branding mm-hmm. for this corporation. How do we break down the barriers with the upper management and the execs and uh, middle management? And then as far as our employees and then as far as our customers to create this seamless transition to what to first off, make sure the experience is good, but then gain more revenue. Mm-hmm. So then they create, that's it. That's when they created the job. I didn't have a store, I had roughly 600 employees. All I had to do was drive from store to store, show face. You know what I'm saying? It was the literally, it was, it was literally in the space of just creativity. I got you. Because yeah. I've been already showed it for so many years. That's dope. And then I was like, all right, cool. I'm outside of the four walls. I always knew it was something outside of that. And that's when I. So before you, <laughs> right, you spent 17 years. Yep. In retail in general, 13 roughly at Verizon. What was it 15? I don't know. I'd be missing it. I did a, two years at AT&T. Okay. Um, three to four. Circuit City was first. I did two months at car sales. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't like to talk about the resume, um, but I need something to like ground because mm-hmm. it's it, it, there's a lot that you mm-hmm. have going on, right? Yep. And and I'm thinking about your career tra- tra- trajectory and everything that you have done that I know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand what did your what was your resume like when you first went into into the industry? Was it because you had a little bit of that that computer science that you went into um, the, the telecommunications space? How did you pick telecommunications? Um, I think because initially, why did I end up? Oh, you know what's funny? Okay, I forgot about this. Hmm. I worked at Thrifty Car Rental. And again, this was stifling because it was an easy job, but it was stifling. All we did was get brand new cars from out this distribution warehouse. They would pull the plastic off. Actually, that's where I met Jay Holiday. I was able to put Jay Holiday on because he worked at one of the distribution plants oh, with me. Oh, really? Yeah. So we wouldn't have. I'm yeah, I put I, I hope put him on. Y'all name you know. Anywho, so he used to pull the paper the papers off. Yeah. I was a driver, what they would say a porter. We took the new cars and we drove them to different thrifty locations. Okay. So I was just driving all day. Yeah. Right? And so at the time, again, I'm gonna figure out how I'm on. This is when I initially met like genuine. So I would literally instead of driving a car over. Um, to where the other location, I would say I got lost. And I was sometimes getting lost. Like we didn't have like GPS and everything back there. I was just, it was bad. I was, I promise you, I was, I still get lost today. If it ain't for GPS, Lord. Anywho. So I was getting lost, but I would just drive to his house. So I would take these new cars over here, go visit this young lady, do this, pick up some food. Like I was doing things, but at the same time, I, I noticed that level of freedom. But again, there was no level of growth. Got it. So that's when, um, 
I literally started at Circuit City and Circuit City was not just telecom. It was like everything. It was like, it's like Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not that. I mean, you know, some some people, I mean, they're like, what is that? I'll be like, don't worry about it. You're good. Best Buy. And so it was at that moment, that's when I had a taste of the commission life. Okay. You know, and it was like, okay, well, this gift that I had already built up, now I can get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And that was a tangible thing with it. I knew about the other stuff and you got a feeling uh, or people liked you and things of that nature. But now I got a check that said, hey, because of who you are, because of how you talk to somebody, this is what it is. And that's what I was telling somebody before in regards to like brand. I'm a br- always got to bring it back to brand. Mm-hmm. Even at whether it was Circus City, whether it was at Verizon, I would have people who would wait an hour or two for me. Now, mind you, if you look around the store, it's the same cell phones, it's the same accessories, it's the same uh, car chargers, it's the same Bluetooth speakers that everybody else is selling, right? Mm-hmm. Same product. Yeah, somebody's saying, oh, I'm going to sit on this couch and I'm waiting for Jose. We good. Oh, matter of fact, I'm going to go grab something to eat. They're going to sit there, eat their Popeyes waiting for me to finish with another client. And then at the same time, Let's say he's like, I'll work side by side with you. They could probably go to you and spend a lot less. Yet at the same time, they will want to wait, spend more time, invest more time uh-huh. and invest more money. They because they know you're you going to get the accessories. You're going to get. Right. You're going to get everything. Get, yeah, the yeah. experience, yeah, the yeah. value. And again, remember, it goes back to I made them feel like they were the most important people in the world. Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about, even in the branded space. Right. Because a lot of times, well, you're doing what I do, or you're doing tour like me, or you're doing podcasts like me, you do your interviews are like me, or you're doing courses like me, or you're doing fitness like me. And I always say, who are you? What do you do? Who do you serve? And how are you different? So in a world, if I understand who I am, who do I serve? What do I do? And how am I different? Definitely the different piece. Every person who's in a similar lane to me, we already know I'm different. So instead of being uh, competitors, they actually collaborators. Mm. There's never going to be a competition because I understand what's my difference. I understand what's my separator, right? I understood what was my separator at Verizon. We sometimes, I remember before we had uniforms, I would have on uh, uh, a vest, tie. I was dressed up like I was a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm about to go preach because that was my separator. Even when we had uniform. Okay, cool. What was my separator? Right. You had to figure out who you were in that space. What what made you different? Why would somebody want to wait two hours for you? Why would somebody say, no, I'm only dealing with Jose? Why would somebody say, yo, I'm going to spend a thousand when I could have spent five hundred? Right. You understand that you go on. And here's the thing about it, too. I'm big on repetition at a higher level Mm -hmm. so you can overcome objections even more. Because you've gone through them multiple times and you already said this before. You when you talk about branding, somebody can get caught up in like what's different about me that's out mm-hmm. there about other people. Yep. And uh, I think what is awesome is you had a lot of life experience to mm-hmm. like not get caught up in somebody else's life. You were the current right. instead of getting swept up into somebody else's current. But they right. say comparison is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. So before you got to a place where you're like, I am the brand. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What was the time or have you ever experienced like that? you know, negative backlash of comparing yourself to other people. So I think it's human nature for us to do that. But the beauty is, and I, and again, even now I teach this, I say, put on your hater goggles. Mm. They're like, why? I was like, 
as a hater, normally we look at it as like, girl, that dress, or oh, you got a wrinkle in it, or you your shoes are run over, or this, that, and the third. And the reason why we hate is because we feel like we could do something better. Mm-hmm. That one specific thing we hate on, we feel like we can do it better. So my whole thing is, I never had it in a space of looking at somebody comparison. I always felt like, yo, they put the same shoes on as me, their pants on one leg as me, they breathe the same air as me. Oh, I could do it. That was always my thought process. Mm-hmm. Remember, everything was handed to me. Everything that I said I was going to do, I was able to do it. I just didn't have, and I think if I had a little bit more opposition and adversity, I'll be further beyond where I'm at now. Mm. But I just didn't have, it was just smooth sailing, right? Oh, yeah. That was just. I got to ask. So <laughs> it's funny. So you, you, um, ET is a, is a member, a uh, mentor of yours, yes. mentor yes. of yours. Yes. And, um, I remember being at a speaker's conference where even CJ spoke and he was mm-hmm. like, you don't have to have this like homeless story and right. da, 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 oh. in order to tell your story. Right. Right. That has definitely been a, a thing for me. Right. Right. And though yours, you definitely had a smooth sailing in careers. I feel like life definitely <laughs> bumps us down. Here's the thing. When I quit my job, the only struggle I feel like I really had mm-hmm. was date the, the person I dated. Mm-hmm. My life turned this way, yep. lost a whole bunch of money. Yep. I was like, you know what, life? I guess you really taught me something, yep. right? And it, it taught me about myself in a negative way yeah. whereas everything yeah. had been easy yep. that's the reason I ask because you still get a you still get a story out of it so what was that thing so that here's the down? crazy part though you said that because CJ he's literally my direct coach and a lot of people say oh I see a lot of he's like my direct coach right and I always say dude I'm gonna let you just go off into the sunset and let me run it let me run everything but I didn't have the struggles but when I had the struggles they were on a thousand Mm. So I use it as a perfect example. Uh, five kids, four baby mamas. You know what I'm saying? My youngest daughter passed away from cancer at five, right? I'm in a space now where, where I'm talking about losing it all. So what happens is as I'm even getting into this personal development space and speaking, I could teach all day, but I couldn't tell stories. I was like, they were too tragic. Like it wasn't no, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't Jose. Okay. I always say I was a dirtbag. You got to think my daughter who passed away, her mom was married at the time when we was dealing with each other. So I'm lying to this dude did it in the third. And then the thing about it, when she was actually um, and I was separated from her and to see her in the hospital right before she died. He was the one who allowed me to see her. The same man who's supposed to. Again, we talking about tragedy now. Yeah. So I'm like, how am I supposed to be teaching my courses of Brandon and all these stories that I had was a thousand. Like it wasn't like, oh, I could just talk about it openly because it was people who were attached to it. E.T. stories like, yo, I chose to uh, to be homeless. I chose to leave out. My dad wasn't there. OK, he ain't there. So, of course, we he ain't connected. But I'm like, these are real people who were connected to it. So I always thought tragedy. But then as I started, look, I was like, yo, there's stories everywhere. There's principles and practical applications everywhere and it doesn't have to be as far as tragic like everything this even just setting it up right could be something is like okay we we did uh preparation before coming in here even if we got here you know we got different things that's going on with the lights and the sunlight coming in but at the same time what is it within your brand that you've been preparing for but you're not ready for the pivot Hmm. Or um are your are your bases covered so if something was to go wrong like we got three cameras set up Right. It's like these are stories. Yeah. Something that's just tangible right here. 
we can get practical applications for in regards to business and branding that most people just don't recognize. And I didn't. So now I'm the king of it. <laughs> I love you know how I, I can tell now I realize because you start with something that happened to you yesterday. Yes. You'll tell a story about yes. something that happened to you yesterday. Yep. And storytelling is one of those things that I've been thinking about, like developing mm -hmm. similar. Like yep. if I told you a story, you would be like, whoa, how does this? You right. know? But I hear you tangibly testing that out as you talk about like yeah. stories about stuff that happened to you yesterday. So that's really dope. I think we. I think it was a big it was a big Achilles heel a month. I could not. Again, only thing I could think of was tragic. You got to think before that it was easy selling. Mm -hmm. Two parent household. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was some other stuff that happened, but I could never talk about that. But, you know, for the most part, it was amazing life. Yeah. Then it was just like it went from good to horribly bad. And so, again, like I said, I could teach all day, but I could not attach those stories to it. So I was just like, I'm going to teach. But then I will watch E, I will watch C. And he was like, okay, well, even use a movie comparison. Let's use that. And then I was like, like life is always happening we could learn from. So mm -hmm. speaking of stories, mm -hmm. how did you start Deeper Than the Brand? Well, Deeper Than the Brand was formerly Beast Mode Digital. And um it initially started off, I always tell the story how I even met E.T. and met Nikki at this uh brunch. Right. So what happened is long story less long. My boy hit me up and was like, yo, um, you know about this dude named E.T. And I was like, yo, the dude that yelled, he was like, yeah, hey, that's him. I was like, OK, bet. Uh, he was like, yo, he got a brunch coming in in Maryland. You should come through. And I was like, bet. You know what I'm saying? I was like, how much it costs? He was like, it's free. I like free. That'll work. Right. And so. I was like, yo, it's got to be some stipulations because I knew what VIP costs. I knew what the, 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 the actual events cost, cost as far as to get there. And he was like, nah, you just got to be part of his community called, um, Brief University. Okay. And I was like, bet how much Brief University? He was like, 1999. I was like, I, I could swing that. Is it month to month? He was like, yep. I said, bet. Signed up, got my two shirts, went to the house. Um, ET was there, probably 20 other, 30 other people. Dave Shans was there. It's first time meeting him. Nikki was there. Like, uh, Nikki Saunders. This is Nikki for those who don't know. Um, like a whole host of people who I end up having these great relationships with. And I started shooting pictures. And again, long story, even le less long. What happened was, um, most of my photos and videos was on his site, mm -hmm. right? wasn't getting paid or anything like that, but it was just like, oh, it was an opportunity. So it was on Brief University, it was on his website, things of that nature. Nikki was at the same time doing mashup videos where she was doing it and sending it off to the people who were doing social media and things of that nature. So it ended up being really dope. And then we got together, we would do within Brief University social media calls every Wednesday and just teach about social media and branding. And this is when I was really honing in my skills of presenting virtually before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, because we were doing it at a consistent level. And I was going in. I was like, all right, cool. And then that's where we came together with um, our guy, Isaiah, and formerly our uh, my sister, Sierra. She works with um, Marquel Weston. Okay. And it was us four. We created deeper, I mean, mm, Beast Mode Digital. And that was where it all started. And again, handling the brand of ET, which we were already doing. And then now handling these other speakers, authors and coaches. But we were just shooting video, photo and video and things of that nature, social media. And then it got to the point where I had lost the passion for the photo and video. Right. 
even though it's not the question you ask. I had lost the passion and I would get to the more of the coaching space for speakers, authors, and coaches because I saw my coach. I use as a perfect example. Um, I was at New York. We were at Ignite the Dream, which was E, Inky, um, Toby, CJ, and I was backstage. I had finished shooting. We were on a break and a guy had asked me about his brand or something and I was going in teaching, going in, going in, going in. And it was this dude there. His name is Joe Nice. Shout out to Joe Nice if you're watching. You know what I'm saying? Joe was listening and he had a notebook. And so he was taking notes and I could see him in my peripheral and kind of hear him. And after I finished, he was like, yo, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I said, why? He said, dude, you just gave that much information. I got two and a half page notes. I was like, again, I'm not understanding why. He was like, yo, you the video guy. I was like, oh. So what I noticed, even in the space, when I had a camera in front of me, I was invisible. Mm. But when I stepped in front of the camera, now you saw my gift. Mm. This is crazy. Like, it's literally even people I'm in business with and dealings with, it's like, yo, you dope. I was like, yo, I met you eight times before. Mm. Eight times. I know how you move, how you shake, how you did, how you, this, that, and the third, who you talk. And see, this is why I be telling people, too, you got to understand it's like uh, uh, scripture in Hebrews, not knowing who you're um, entertaining because you can be like amongst angels or something like that. And I'm sorry for butchering it. Again, I could look it up right now. But anywho, what happens is I've watched an E.T. I've watched an Inky Johnson who they will come into a room and they shake hands with everybody if they possibly can and introducing themselves. Yet yeah, I've seen there's have been people who. Let's say not as as notoriety. Right. And they're only going to talk to the talent or the other ones. They're not yeah. going to have the conversation with the photo video team or the help or the people who are are passing out the hors d'oeuvres or the person who's in the back or the cook, the people who's making the thing run in the background. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there and watch. It gave me a bird's eye view, though, being invisible because I was able to be in a room like a fly on the wall and see or have those conversations. So people, even at the time, some of the times I wasn't getting paid, I look at it like, oh, I didn't receive the hundred million dollars worth of game because I've been in those rooms with somebody who paid twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I've been in those rooms where or on the phone calls where people were paid ten K just to be able, you know what I'm saying? I've in there and getting it firsthand. Yeah. So again, on one hand, yes, you become invisible, but on another hand, you can use it to your benefit. Mm -hmm. But again, behind a it but that was the the almost the the that thing where it was like, okay, yeah, this is what I need to be doing. And this is probably what I need to be releasing also. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm like super <laughs> floored. And I think that what rounds it all out to really like where I'm at right now and listening to your story, mm -hmm. everything that led up to where you are today from a technical perspective, mm -hmm. to me, makes sense. Right. From videography to coding mm -hmm. to sales, like these skills, right? Yep. And then spiritually, like you've been led and guided mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. boundaries, without parameters that a lot of people have experienced. Yep. And I think that you're a spiritual man. So like mm -hmm. there's a part of like the essence of like how you do things. Yep. That just make you the one that's supposed to do it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see that from a brand, like a practical branding mm -hmm, perspective, mm -hmm. how that definitely puts you in a lane. So now that you're coaching people mm -hmm. and you're and you're teaching people, how do you put all of this down into bite-sized chunks so that someone can learn how to do it? Not in a, a showy, showy brand, because it's deeper than the brand, mm -hmm, right? Not in mm -hmm. a showy, showy brand way, but 
in a way that consolidates mm-hmm. 20 years <laughs> of you living and observing mm-hmm. into like however long your coaching is mm-hmm. so that they can show up authentically. And how do you break that down and, and coach people? Um, so it's not really a formula per se. Now, I do use the hierarchy. Remember, I was saying, who are you? What do you do? Who do you serve? And how are you different? But those that's the, the extreme tip of the iceberg. I'm like, when I'm doing coaching, definitely one-on-one space, I am literally being like a surgeon. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep in what we need. We're going to pull out what we don't, right? And everybody is different. And this is my belief factor. If you are somebody who is doing a cookie cutter service for everybody, then you're doing a disservice, right? So now does that help scale? No, but at the same time, remember, I always feel that person who's in front of me is the most important person to me at that moment. Mm -hmm. So it is one of those things where almost like a therapist, right? Therapists who can have 20 years of knowledge, but at the same time, they're asking you questions and more often than not, you already know the answer. It's just somebody pulling it out of you. Ooh, right. I can feel it. I can feel it. Okay. I got you. Yeah. That's that's dope. I can yeah. see where the value is. And like, okay, got yep. you. So then uh, that makes it easy. Because nobody know you better than you. You just need somebody to help get in there, pull that. And you like... Oh, I didn't even know that when I was a kid and this, that, and third. And yeah, it's, that's, that's magic. Mm-hmm. So then, um, and here's the thing too, real quick. Yeah. yeah. It's so much like even what you're doing right now. It's so much like therapy because a lot, I always say, I don't know if you got any scars on your knees. Couple. Mm-hmm. When did they have, when did they have them? When I was like nine, rolling down a doggone hill. No, I got one right here. I was seven. <laughs> Messed it up. Uh, but those new scars when you were an adult, they heal pretty good. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They're just gone. Mm-hmm. But that same thing happens with the physical scars, our mental scars. Mm-hmm. Right? So as a kid, we don't even know we have these deep gash mental scars that are in there. So on the therapy side, yes, we're pulling that out. But I'm doing that exact same thing with the brain. Absolutely. What makes you tick and what makes you move? Why do you think the way you do? And then why? how do other people see you and we just put it out there like that. I'm starting to understand like this is very much like how I career coach because I'm I'm often saying like you need to go to therapy as we like pull stuff up. So do you recommend? Oh, yes. Is that a real thing? Like I'm developing my brand, but I also got to go to the therapy. There's a couple (laughs) one that we're going to have to get some sponsorships for you, whatever that I'm using right now. That's actually pretty dope. That's amazing. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health. I have a whole database. I would would love to like mental health professionals are a a huge partner Mm -hmm. to this work. Like whatever you're coaching someone through now that I now that I understand it mm-hmm. a little bit, only in this like little moment of mm-hmm. a conversation. So as a coach, obviously the value is in you, like the whole experience, right? So right. putting, bringing this to a course, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's the bulk, that's the bulk of the value. And then the co- course part is the technical piece. How do you differentiate? Yes. Yeah. So I always say your brand does the heavy lifting and it is the foundation course just is a product. So it could be a course, a program, a workshop, a book, an ebook, your speaking engagements. All that doesn't really matter. I just focus more on courses because now you can create transformation, not just for yourself, but for a larger number of people. Yeah, yeah. My goal is always to impact those who impact the world. But going back to, like I said, as far as like the, the foundation, I almost think about when my first house was built. Right. 
And so you got the land, you go see the land and everything like that. And you're like, okay, the land is dope. You take your pictures. They got the little signs out, little couple little rods sticking out the ground. Cool. Then what did they do after that? They got to dig the basement. So they dig, 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 lay the concrete, put the pipes up, and then they cover up the basement, you know, get to that level. But here's the crazy part. You did all that work, right? You did those months and that labor, but we started at zero mm-hmm. in most people's minds. If you walk, if you drive right by, it look like you ain't did nothing. That's what we're doing in regards to brand. Branding is getting to the foundation. That's what holds up the building. That's what holds up the house. That's what hold, you can put anything on top of it after we get the foundation, right? Mm. Right. But a lot of times people don't see it or think it's needed because again, it starts back at zero. After we dig deep, we started back at zero, mm. but they'll see the course. They'll see the book. They'll see the ebook. They'll see, you know, the webinar, the challenge. They'll see that because that's what's on top. Yeah. I deal with that underneath and everything else is easy. Do you ever do just coursework and none of the coaching or do no. <laughs> it has to come with? It has to come with. I cannot imagine. My name is attached to it. So it has to. Because <laughs> that's basically like building a house on a faulty. Like, yeah, exactly. And yeah. think about it. Once I get the brand right. Oh, the course, like everybody I've dealt with did six figures within 11 months. Mm-hmm. If that the brand is not right, we ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. I got what six or seven of this over a million. If the brand was not right, we're not doing that. Like again, it's a, a byproduct where your brand does the heavy lifting, and you literally just putting those things on top of it, and people will rock with. You. I could start saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm about to start teaching about drywall tomorrow." <laughs> Same me mm-hmm. start teaching about be like. Deeper in the drywall, you know what I'm saying? Like in the back, <laughs> people will rock with me yeah. because of me and the value that I've added. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this, but I might need to go ahead and do some drywall. Either I'm gonna teach you how to do drywall, would you need drywall in your house, or you gonna be a middleman for as a drywall broker? Right. Again, it's the brand that does all of the heavy lifting. That's right. The foundation. I would say a move like that mm-hmm. would have a person like, oh, I love the way he teaches. Da, 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 I'm going to do right, it. Right. But it sounds like a move like that would also be you testing out your own brand. There it is. And putting your, putting, like, yeah. I, I would say if you were to coach somebody, you would say, now, do you know enough people in this space that you've helped in the, in the right. drywall space <laughs> yes. to go I out there? How many people have you helped? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, oh, man, I was thinking about. <laughs> The struggle, like people might look at you and they think of the transformation, like $30,000 to build a course. I can't afford it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that it it's easy to give that excuse to be like, OK, well, I can't I can't mm-hmm. invest it because I'm not on that level. So mm-hmm. people on that level need to do it. But the transformation that you offer right. sounds like it's for any human who wants to be out here doing their thing. Right. So like what if you could mm-hmm. um, describe the transformation like at a at a high level, right? Because yep. you know, people at um, new and aspiring entrepreneur mm-hmm. level, we all transforming mm-hmm. on this level. But right. what's the transformation that you've um, been able to like witness as you've coached someone from like start to finish in their course? I'm gonna step back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, we we used the thirty number, right? And I know there was even one point in my life I could never even fathom either charging or spending. Mm-hmm. Fathom. But what happens is we start somewhere, right? And so the level of investment with his time, resources, money, we will have to always up the ante, like always to the point where um, I think I was having a conversation with you or somebody, but I was like, I paid for a mentorship 
which normally I was able to get in based off of my name, we, meaning that the level of investment of my name, my time, my resources paid for this. I tried it with money and it felt like it felt the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So for those who even in the space like I cannot, I'm saying truly you can. I don't work with everybody anyway, but truly you can. But even if you quote physically can't, practically can't, there's so much game that I even give out also that, OK, you know what? Let me take these rules and and move. That's where we go into the transformation because I was in a space when I was married and had issues as far as with taxes and my ex-wife, her grandma had died and she was like, all right, I need you to front and take some of these bills. And and then literally Uncle Sam come say, hey, come here, do a garnishment. And then at the same time, you looking for a lifeline. Mm. Right. And so what happens is, of course, a program, a brand, somebody who is a personal brand, they are a lifeline for somebody. Right. So somebody might have their last two thousand like, yo, I'm on a hoping to wish and a prayer. I have nothing else. And what happens is if you don't provide. Right. We're talking about which I've seen. Whereas a broken marriage, broken as far as the kids, and then the kids take that thing to school and it stems and it goes further and further and further. The, the, the marriage broken and then you take that toxic and that baggage to another relationship and it just goes further and further. So every person who was attached to that one thing that could have been a solution creates negativity. Hmm. But let's take it on the flip side. So now I create something where somebody's at their last and we create results or we create transformation, we create impact. And now we're talking about the family staying together. Now we're talking about now they're they're happy and every person they come in contact with, they're being a light. And it started with what? Just your product and your brand. Mm. They always say, well, if the if the ocean was still one drop of water would cause tidal waves at the at the shores, because what happens is a lot of people don't understand how strong that their seed is. Right. And that seed could be, of course, that seed could be you going live. That seed could be your podcast. And a lot of people was like, yo, I'm scared or I'm introverted. I'm this, that and a third. Yeah, it's some person on the other side of this camera or some person on the other side of uh, Spotify was listening or or Apple was listening. And he was like, yo, I needed to hear that message. That thing now impacts them to change and transform where to the point now their relationship's better and it leads it stems to their kids and now they feel like you know what i'm about to go call my mom who i've had a broken relationship or my father and then that leads into it's like a trickle down effect because mm. i've seen it where somebody let's use even more practical somebody you wake up and you with your husband and wife and y'all argue for whatever reason for something to happen two weeks ago y'all beefing and you go down and make breakfast he's like i don't even want to eat nothing now you're mad and even more heated. Send a text like you could have da 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 da. You you driving to work and you get in a car accident. Mm-hmm. You paralyzed or worse, you die. All started from a seed, and all it takes is just a, a flip on the other side. To now we're talking about not just to you but to legacy, to your kids, your kids' kids, the kids that ain't even existent yet. All because of what? And so that's what I do for a course. <laughs> That's amazing. That, <laughs> to the yeah. point where I told one of my guys, I said, I said, be honest with you, you cool. But I do this. The reason why we meet up, the reason why we're creating this thing is for the end user, Ooh. for the student. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's literally for the student. That's it. I'm, I feel you on that, but I feel not no but, actually. <laughs> I'm curious about the person who has a course inside mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. and they have to pull it out. Okay. And like mm-hmm. how they go from maybe just a negative toxic seed 
to as a person being a positive seed who can create a that's the way I see it like they go from a a Mm -hmm. negative seed to a good seed and now they create another seed for somebody else yeah so my biggest thing how do we get those people like I'm big on again we we talked about it but whoever you help Mm -hmm. first off your course begins when you help somebody else Mm -hmm. not because of information you gain information is free information is everywhere people don't pay for information they pay for organization application transformation hands down i could get on the podcast and listen to a live or whatever so whoever you help i always use the example my hip started actually act, acting up again i'm older these streets but my <laughs> hip started acting up i started walking but i messed my hip up some time ago okay. and again i went on youtube and and i'm, I'm finding out how to fix it and doing some different moves and, da, 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 and i fixed my hip after two, three weeks of intense study and intense work, I fixed my hip. Mm. Am I able to do a course about that? What do you think? No, because you haven't helped other people do it. There it is. Because you've helped yourself. So I always say yes and no. Mm. If I've helped other people with my framework mm-hmm. to hip fix their hips mm-hmm. and we got uh, uh, levels of success, because mm. I always say your promises are within the average. Right. Your promise is in the average. So this person got the success in five weeks. This person got it in five days. This one got it in in two days. This one got my average somewhere within a week Mm. or what have you. So I'm a promise, not guarantee, promise you, because this is my framework that I'm. And I had a lot of people say, yo, we teach you how to make six figures. How many people made six figures? Oh, just me. Or take it another step. I'm going to teach you how to make six figures. How many people? Oh, never. Not even myself. That's another thing. So I'm always. And first off, before anything, who have you helped? Right. And if you have not, we need to start helping people Mm -hmm. that at the time we're helping people, we could be building out as far as our course. Mm -hmm. Main reason we're selling it to people. Why wouldn't we help other people? Yeah. We're going to sell it to other people. Mm -hmm. It don't make no sense. So let's help other people because each one of those persons will represent a hundred, a thousand different individuals. So if I help three people, those individuals could be representing the three million people Mm. that I'm going to help. Because their pain, their situations, their hurdles, their obstacles, I've never dealt with it, but I have a solution for it. Mm -hmm. And if you've never dealt with it, how can you talk about it if you haven't helped somebody else go through it? Hmm. So we start there. I love it. (laughs) And then it goes from there. Yeah. Then we work on um, what's the actual promise. Mm -hmm. Remember I said the promise is in the average of the people you've helped. Like, what are they walking away with? Not this fairy tale blueprint of saying, oh, you're just going to be able to... No. What is the actual, tangible, quantifiable results that you're promising this person once they go through your process? Boom. Then from there, we do a brain dump. Brain dump. I call it unadulterated brain dump, where we're just talking about each and everything that you could possibly think of. We put it on Post-its. We put it in Google Drives. And it's just like, I want you to think about the good, bad, and different about where we the promise or this thing we're talking about. Then what we're doing is we're getting the pain, right? I'm big on pain. We're going to get the pain from our previous students and we're putting it in there before we even create the outline. Like I'm literally saying, all right, what was the hurdles? What was the situations? What was the things? What was the roadblocks? Okay, cool. I'll make sure we get those in there. We're going to make sure we hit it in. Then we work on as far as the, uh, the outline, right? Go through the outline. I call it the Bible. Because we got to make sure this thing's right. It takes the longest doing this process. Mm-hmm. We're after working on the outline. Then we work on as far as shooting it. And a lot of people say, oh, you shoot courses. It's like shooting is a day. And cameras are on tripods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not really shooting a course. It's a day. 
the whole process is beforehand, the, the building up the outline, the, the, the promise, right? So we got the shooting, then we got the editing, and then we have as far as like pre-sale and launch. Mm. Now, here's another thing about that. I've had so many of my clients that are, are anxious about their launch date. Anxious, like, ah. And I always say it's a difference between a wedding date and a marriage. So again, you might have a bride who's anxious about that date, but truly that date represents day one of the marriage of the marriage. Mm -hmm. The launch date of the course is day one. Mm -hmm. uh, I always say anything I create is 12 years to forever. Like we're not this ain't a hit it and quit it type deal. We're <laughs> in this. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. in this. Yeah. Right. We're uh -huh. building this thing out. And it's not about a launch date. And I've had people say, oh, I didn't hit the numbers that I, but at the same time, now they start to see, oh, today we made $20,000 because we sold 20 of the units. So we did this, that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we couldn't get that on the date because again, we didn't have the awareness. We didn't have the full on no like and trust factor. And at the same time, we're building out the brand. We worked on the foundation, but we're still getting new people to understand what's going on in the brand. So at the same time, we're building out a course too. We're making sure you're showing up so people can have an idea of who you are because they're buying into you versus buying into your product or service. My mind <laughs> is blown. I'm, I'm really, really, really. Because honestly and truly, as you were answering the question, I was like, he ain't going to never answer the question. <laughs> but you really answered the question in like the, the, the milestones. What you broke down mm -hmm. is obviously like the process that you take someone through, like yep. creating their course. Yep. But what I heard was like the steps of a person going from like, I got a course inside of me, mm -hmm. right? And I want to make the money. And you go from mm -hmm. like helping them understand that they the value that they have right. to then understanding like all getting all the thoughts out of someone's mm -hmm. head. And I don't care how much money you have. The value of a brain dump, <laughs> I don't care yeah. what, what role you're in. You could be a janitor, you could be right. a millionaire. To right. brain dump, the that, that like seeing your thoughts on a wall, mm -hmm. that's a transformation. And then going from like managing anxiety mm -hmm. around the lunch. Yep. That takes like more than just a course, you know what I mean? Like to say, on that, thank but you I can't for, talk about it, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, listen. Oh. Share what you will. So, so as you walk through the process, what I really, really per selfishly wanted to hear mm. was the, the personal transformation that a person, your client might go through. Oh, you but you answered it. Uh, yeah. and, and so everybody's is different. Mm -hmm. And again, though, remember, even though I'm working with them. And not even in the course, but in their brand. Remember, I impact those who impact the world. Mm -hmm. It's not really about their impact. It's about who they're impacting out there. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's almost like as far as for me, it was never really about me. It's literally about what am I doing? What is the value that I'm bringing? Like, and so that's the level of transformation where they start to see that, yo, this is real. Like. I'm affecting people's lives and their narratives in their lives and how they think and their uh, perspectives and their opinions about life based off of who I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that transform, it's almost like, yo, you, you got a kid and we don't see them, the kids grow. But then that, that grandma, that auntie's like, you're growing up so fast. <laughs> I see you last year or I see you last month or that you growing up so fast. You don't see it because it's so, it's incremental. It's like it's so small. Mm -hmm. That's what we're that's what we're talking about, the level of transformation. So when I'm walking with this person, 
they're they're not seeing it, but the other people on the outside are telling them, and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing <laughs> it. Like, it's like teaching, even even if leaders are already leaders, teaching them to be better leaders. Right. Because now that I, like, now that I see, like, my effect on other people in a more tangible way, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so those incremental changes over time creates better leaders. Right. Who create, who sow better seeds. Right, Who create right. better fruit. Blah, 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 blah. Right, right. right. So that's dope. You're amazing. Uh, you already knew that. <laughs> Your story was dope. <laughs> hopefully, you know, not even hopefully. I know there was a purpose in every single thing that you shared with us yeah. um, from your career transitions, your life transitions, mm-hmm. the things that you learn along the way. And also you, what you do now and how yeah. it's all packaged up. So if someone yeah. wants to work with you, I think they get a chance to see the different layers yeah. that, you know, behind the man who is deeper than the brand. So as we wrap up thinking about um, your own journey, mm-hmm. you know, honestly and truly, there's somebody out here like looking mm-hmm. at everything that you've done. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, if I look at the course, pro, the course uh, framework, we ain't got a lot of hurdles, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you're, you're like experiencing like, um, um, I would say not experiencing, but I'm um, going through those, like uh, reflecting on those things mm-hmm. along the way. But what you can share a little bit is how someone can take the next step, mm-hmm. make the decision on making their transition, making a pivot and the things that you have learned mm-hmm. that have guided you. So if you were mm-hmm. to think about your 25 year old self mm-hmm. and they're in a in the corporate job right now, they might yeah. be looking at a Jose like I want to be that. Yeah. Or they're trying to pull out their own Jose. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them to help them You know, make their next step? even if they feel like they don't have that guidance right now. This might go against everything or everything everybody ever said, right? But if I was talking to, I'm talking to the old me. Yeah. It's almost like if I was the 60-year-old me talking to the 40-year-old me, right? So my future self talking to me is keep going, right? Now, we, we start easy with the cliche, keep going. Main reason is, if I were the future self telling myself, yo, do this, do that, and the third, I wouldn't have gone through some of the experiences. Um, I wouldn't have uh, had those trials. I wouldn't have had those obstacles that made me who I am now. Would I do it over differently? Nope. Like, I would do it the exact same way. And even my prayer when I wake up is, God, your perfect will be done. Right. So I want to make sure I'm moving in accordance that, yes, you're giving me free will, but your perfect will. But at the same time that if you say step, you got in my footsteps and I'm just walking. So I know that all things work together for the good. So if I was to tell my 25 year old self, matter of fact, you seen that LeBron commercial? Yeah, uh, the Super Bowl? I have. He's like, I can't tell you about that. You know what I'm saying? And the main reason, because you can actually mess up certain things in regards to whatever your journey or your purpose is supposed to be. I know if I told myself, if I was me going back to the 25 year old, I wouldn't be who I am now. I wouldn't be helping the people I am helping right now. So literally if I was going back, I'd be like, all right, what up dude? Number five or if I was to leave a note, I'd be like, just keep going. (laughs) I love that answer. I love that answer. I 100% (laughs) Love that answer. One of the things like about guidance, 
that we feel like we lack, you know, when it comes to people who have lived before us is, mm-hmm. oh, you could have helped me, like, you know, remove some of the hurdles, right. right? But I think there's a blessing in just being able to, like, live and develop self-awareness yep. without somebody telling you what your limits are. I tell my son this, that's like, I love living vicariously through even where he's at because I said, if I was at where you're at at 19, you wouldn't be here. Mm. So... I wouldn't change that for the world that he's here. And so at the same time, I was like, now I'm living through him and the things that he's doing and the the level of optimism, the way he look at the world. And it's changing even me now because mm. it's a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, I need to take that again. Removing baggage. You remove baggage daily. And I'm in that space. But again, if I was to tell myself to change one thing, it's the butterfly effect, one thing. It would literally change the outcome of everything. Like I said, my son wouldn't be here. My kid, like the memories that I had, that everything would just change. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, hey, no, nah, let's keep it the same. I like mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love it. I was going to ask you because I'm reading Will Smith right now, uh, Will, mm-hmm. and the way he parents his kids are very, it's very much like indicative of how he, mm-hmm. how he was raised. Right. So I was going to ask you, like, how has your self-awareness and things that you've learned in your career affected your, your parenting? And it sounds like you touched on it just a bit. Yeah. Um, I was definitely very, definitely when they were younger, super disciplined, but to the point where my son will always be gentleman. You ask them to this day, what are you always going to be? They'll say gentleman. Uh, my daughters, well, my daughter, remaining daughter was like, yo, you will always be a young lady, right? This is what it is, respecting our elders, like taking care of the basics, God first, everything else will fall in line. So... As long as we weren't disrespectful, as long as you were making sure that you were doing what you were doing in regards to your level of belief, even even though that's not even the thing I would push on, you know, because I want you to find who you are. Um, I'm very open. Now, at the same time, I use a perfect example. When he was 16, my son, Ashan, shout out to CEO Ashan. I wanted him to get into the entrepreneurial space because, again, I found out about this late. I'm like, you need to get in early. Da, 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 da. He's like, nah, I want to work at the movie theater. I want to work at Old Navy. Da, da, da. He was following behind this young lady. Cool, I get it. I was there. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, let me show you the level of freedom. You asked me today, it's like, oh, what's that you get? I say, when I want to. For real, for real, it's not. And that came after I had COVID. It was like, oh, I was rigid. I was grinding. And I looked up the word grind. It was like to, to pulverize or to break down to the slightly particles. And that's what I was doing to my body, my mental and everything grinding. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to enjoy this thing we call life, but still be impactful. So going back again, what I did as far as with even Sean and my other ones is like, I'm going to just show. And as I showed, he was like, I like this. And he came in and because of the resources or the seeds that I planted some years ago Mm. that flourished into fruit, that flourished into relationships and resources, he's now able to. But I don't resent it. Remember, I was talking about my my, my brother, brother. right? I don't resent it. It It's like, yo, I'm getting you into these rooms that I had to pay or invest to get in. And now because you are my son, now you're able to get into these rooms and then you're supposed to be higher than me it's supposed to be a higher level impact than me and then your kids and things of that nature so the the leadership or the parenting now and it's funny because i get a lot of parents who ask me and i was like don't get me wrong every kid is different Mm -hmm. right you have to listen but then at the same time it's almost like a relationship if if we married and 
I'm saying, yo, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But there's no fruit of it. You're like, yeah, this is not working out. And you're going to have some resentment. But at the same time, as a parent, we're going to say a little bit, plant the seeds, but show, improve, and then let them come when they want to. Because when they come, it's much more sweeter. That's beautiful. It's much more sweeter. What a blessing for you to be able to realize like that full circle moment of you didn't get a chance to be grateful in the moment right. of bringing your brother up. Right. Now you get a chance to be grateful. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. And you know what? You answered another question of mine without me even asking, but peace being mm-hmm. at the core of your family values yep. and you going through the life and you, you answered the question so well. <laughs> if I had asked it, I don't think it would have come out this nicely. Right. But for you to learn that you were grinding at a point in your career, you know what I mean? And then for you to mm. decide again for yourself that peace is what you choose. Man. I think it's amazing. Man. I, I promise y'all, like I said, I had COVID. The first time I had COVID, I had it twice. The first time I had it, 21 days of pure hell on earth. Um, I've never been suicidal. I was then. Um, I prayed to go. It was bad. And what happens is I was down for three weeks. But once I got well, which it took a little bit, it was foggy. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. It felt like work was still there. My clients were still there. So it would have been like three days. Mm-hmm. Everything was still like right there. And I was like, why am I grinding so hard and doing these 3 a.m.s and doing this and waking up late nights and early mornings? I was like, okay, it's time for some change. Because it made me think if I was gone, life's still going to go on. The work's still going to be there. Somebody else going to take it up, right? Same thing even in corporate. Like they're going to fill your spot within a week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and it it changed as far as the way I just look at the world. And it's still changing because, like, like I said, I've never been suicidal. I was then, and I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I'm working back to smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. The who, not how, who I'm going to put in place. Uh, is what I'm doing resourceful but impactful at the same time? And just... Am I going? I started naps. I, I'm like I have an eighty percent completion rate as far as daily naps. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can't get them, yeah. but I got like an eighty percent, about eighty percent that I, I gotta it. get it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, before I wasn't nap, I felt like if I was napping, then it was a problem. It was against the law. Man, I promise you, peace. You can't beat it because there has been other times where when I didn't have peace, it caused physical stuff for me mm-hmm. right and as we go on to the, the when i come back for the other podcast we were talking about that but it literally we're manifesting to physical stuff and i was like oh yeah you know what i'm gonna get that piece back yeah that's <laughs> dang i received so much thank you so much yeah. and i know you guys did too and I, sometimes i get so into the conversation that i forget we are in the right room. right right and um and I think that everything culminates. I have nothing 
you literally have emptied out the chamber of things that I could possibly ask in this All moment. Right, let's but go. I, and I think also you poured into those of us who are on our journey, still trying to figure out how do they make a choice, right? Yep, yep. Who feel like they don't have someone to guide them. Yep. And so as, while I was going to ask you to, to share some wisdom, you've already shared <laughs> a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. But um, as we get out of here, those of you guys, thank you for watching and, and thank you for listening to the Work and Play podcast. This is essentially, let's replicate these moments like yes. where you can just yes. continuously, and then you, you weave in money-making parts all throughout <laughs> it. So that, that literally right. is the vision of the right. Work and Play podcast right. for us to be able to work and enjoy every moment of it every day of the week. So one, I would love for you to help them understand how can they contact you, mm -hmm. just stay connected to the journey and learn some free gems along the way until they get, you know, ready to, to change mm -hmm. on you know plant some some bigger seeds and impact more people how can they get in contact with you yeah. and then i'll let you close out and have the last word yeah 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 so easiest way you got deeper than the brand.com you have at featuring jose featuring jose i think on all of them and then it's like joseph bennett or jose bennett on facebook or what have you but you'll find me I call it a circle of influence, being able to find somebody on different platforms, make sure they get the same feel. That's another brand attack that I, that I do. But you will be able to find me again at featuring underscore Jose. If you actually just start typing featuring, you'll see the dude with the hat to the back. I'm probably sideways. You got the back. Like, again, that's how we move. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, DMs, like I literally answer everybody i was actually bad at it until i heard trap who almost got a million followers that's my guy he's like i asked everybody i was like no i ain't got no excuse now i gotta oh. make sure that i'm hitting everybody back it might not be in 24 hours but again i'm hitting everybody back like for real and for those who like yeah, i just want to even get a consultation and this is one of the things even till this thing is and i can't say that this is gonna live forever it's Never gonna mind. Live forever. we ain't doing that again we're talking about future proof and 12 years to forever we always think of it in advance but Again, at Future Room Jose. Um, am I closing out right now? Yes, sir. Though? I would love for you okay. to close this out. Um, the biggest thing, and I'm going to be on this camera as well as on this one, but the biggest thing I need y'all to understand is there's somebody who needs you. There's somebody, and here's a, I'll, I look at it like this. They might not even be born yet, or they might even be going through a problem or a situation right now and they don't know where to, to get the answers or the solution, right? We're not just thinking about a course. We're thinking about the pain that you've went through, you've been able to overcome, whether it could be child abuse, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, it could be real estate, it could be taxes, it could be you being a CPA, it could be fitness, nutrition, veganism, whatever. This thing is life or death. That's when, when I say I'm the brand, I'm talking about literally being life or death, not for you, but for somebody else. So what I'm saying is, if you've been sitting on your hands or if you've been thinking or overthinking that thing that you need to be doing, that that God has told you, Holy Spirit, that still small voice, that friend who has told you maybe you should, that co-worker, that somebody who's been saying, yo, you need to do this. I need you to do it like right now. Let this be that sign. And you, and you keep saying, no, I'm waiting for a more signing or sign or something. No, this is the sign that I'm telling you that you need to do that thing. It's not for you. It's for somebody else, right? You have a voice in the market that nobody else could feel. You have an experience in the market that nobody else could feel. You have a story in the market that nobody else could feel that needs to be getting out. It is better in the hands of the person who needs it 
then on your hard drive or in your head. Let's go. I can't close it out <laughs> any better than that. Thank y'all so much for watching. Listen to the man. Do what you gotta do and be great. Until next week, peace out, y'all. Can I get a half out? Hey! Ah, let's go. <laughs>